Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin, our number is 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. You know, I came on the air here yesterday, right out of the box. I condemned what took place, the Capitol building, in the strongest terms. I don't know how many times we counted that, Mr. Producer. It had to be, what, a dozen times? I'm not part of any violent group, and neither are the 74 million people who voted for our president. But it appears nothing has changed in 24 hours, ladies and gentlemen. Not a damn thing. Not a damn thing. The never-Trumpers, the media, the Democrats, the rhinos, same damn thing. Senator Chris Coons of Delaware has called on two of his colleagues to resign. Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley. Why? Why should they resign? This is the mind of a totalitarian. They see their moment, their moment of exploitation. Biden, as you'll hear in a moment... Biden says if this was Black Lives Matter, those protesters, the outcome would have been very different. They would have been treated differently. And now other Democrats are saying the same thing. So now it's a racist issue. A racist issue. The 25th Amendment, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, the reprobate Adam Kinzinger, never Trumper. Do they even know what the 25th Amendment is for? It's not even... Relevant to what they're saying. Moreover, mechanically, it's impossible to get it done in time. Well, let's impeach him again. To what end? 
That doesn't even make any sense. Then we have these these resignations, which are getting all kinds of attention. People I've never heard of resigning. Suddenly they're big names. And Elaine Chow, Mitch McConnell's wife, announced today that she's resigning. Now what's today, Mr. Producer? Thursday? She's resigning effective Monday. Eight days before the administration's over. Wow, what courage. So the rats are jumping ship. Mulvaney. The president backed this guy, even though he put both feet in his mouth and both hands in his mouth. Mulvaney. So now you see. The attorney general, the former attorney general of the United States, who I like, says the president betrayed his supporters. And there are others, which I'll get to in a minute. I went back and I listened to his speech, Mr. Producer. There's not one word where he encourages violence. Not one. Not one. In fact, he used the word peacefully. Protest the Congress peacefully. And so now, you're to believe that the president incited violence, promoted an insurrection, and wanted to overthrow the government. He did none of those things. The same forces that tried to destroy him during the campaign, in addition to Republicans who've now found their courage In addition to people who have served in the administration and have benefited from this president, now they're positioning themselves. Most of them are creatures of Washington. Elaine Chow, Mulvaney, et al. They just can't put up with this anymore. They can't put up with it. Because you see, the president of the United States, he told people to go to the Capitol building And sack it. I listened to what he said. He never said that. So you have to project. You have to infer. Front page of the New York Times today is a disgrace. Front page of the Washington Post today is a disgrace. Front page of USA Today today is a disgrace. Front page of the New York Daily News today is a disgrace. They can't just focus on the perpetrators... They can't just focus on the thugs, the violent nutjobs who breached the Capitol building. They're the ones who deserve to be punished. No, 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 no. It's our chance, not just to get Trump, but all the people who peacefully protested there, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of them, and all his supporters, millions and millions of them, And the way we unite is to get behind the Democrats, behind the media, to push the progressive agenda. That's how we unite. The media in this country are vile and poisonous and cancerous. They've caused much of the hate, much of the division, 
that exists in this country. Absolutely awful. They don't report the news, and I'll get to that in a minute. The New York Times, Jeremy Peters is back. Jeremy Barr at the Washington Post. I guess everybody's named Jeremy. Maybe they're inbreds. I don't know. And now any senator can say anything about any of you and about the President of the United States and the colleagues they don't like. See, Ted Cruz should resign because he dared to suggest that we need an election commission to find out what took place. No, 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 no. He incited violence, don't you see? Josh Hawley said, look, there were changes in some of these states, and I'll get to that in a minute, and that, yes, we do have a constitutional power to reject votes. No, 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 he needs to go. He needs to resign. Did you see Simon and Schuster, Mr. Producer? They canceled his book contract today. Simon and Schuster canceled Josh Hawley's book contract today. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. They're going to attack freedom of speech, freedom of association, the free exercise of religion. They're going to attack the Second Amendment. Mark, look what you're stirring up. I'm not stirring up a damn thing. My views over the course of decades could not be clear. I write books. I talk on the radio. I talk on TV. Everything I say is based on principle and mission. Everything I say is based on liberty, family, faith, the Constitution, the Declaration, a reverence for this country. My enemies and my critics can't say the same. Can't say the same. Now, according to the New York Times, Jeremy Peters, I'm not sufficiently, well, I'm not sufficiently bending over backwards here. Listen to the title of the New York Times piece, the Holocaust-denying New York Times. How Trump's allies are still defending him. Denial, deflection, disinformation. This is a news article. They falsely claim President Trump had no role in spurring the assault on the Capitol. If the President of the United States wanted to spur an assault on the Capitol, a violent attack on the Capitol, he would have said so. He didn't. And there wouldn't have been a few hundred people who broke into that capital. There would have been a few hundred thousand people if they listened to him, and they wouldn't, because he didn't. He did no such thing. You know who's been encouraging violence? AOC. You know who's been encouraging violence? The media. Black Lives Matter. Antifa. Oh, you see, I'm deflecting now. Denial and disinformation. You know who else has been encouraging violence? The New York Times and the Washington Post and the way they've been covering violence all damn summer long and CNN and MSNBC and the Democrat mayors and the Democrat governors. They've not only been encouraging violence, many of them have been celebrating violence. How many Black Lives Plazas are there out there? Whoa, look at that. A Marxist group, an anti-Semite group, an anti-American Marxist group Hey, I have an idea. Let's name a plaza after them. They're beating the crap out of people, burning their storefronts, same with Antifa, and they get completely disparate treatment by the New York Times, the Washington Post, and the rest of the destructive, hateful, left-wing media in this country. Hey, Jeremy, 
Tell us about the 1619 Project and the lies that you're teaching our children about this country. Tell us how that helps unity. These punks, these media organizations, they don't police themselves. Into the article, he attacks many of us, but he Mark Levin, whose radio program reaches 11 million people each week. No, it doesn't. It's closer to 20 million. Told his listeners that while he thought the rioters were idiots who had hurt the Trump movement, there was a possibility that they weren't really Trump supporters. I spent an entire hour talking about this, and this guy has it down to two sentences. I don't need an interpreter, a left-wing, phony, fraud, so-called journalist, interpreting for me. It's on my damn website. You can listen to the whole thing. But he knows his readership won't listen to the whole thing. They're going to want to know what Jeremy has to say. He's a fraud. He's a punk. Over the Washington Post. Jeremy Barr. Not all Trump supporters. Conservative media tries to shift blame, cast out on identities of capital invaders. Did I say shift blame and cast doubt on capital invaders? I said these people need to be identified and punished and we need to know who they are. Isn't that controversial, ladies and gentlemen? Here's the problem with the two Jeremys. They want the entire Trump movement and all Trump supporters and voters to be disparaged. But this isn't MSNBC or CNN behind this microphone. This isn't the the editorial pages of the Wall Street Journal. This isn't the editorial page of the New York Times and the Washington Post. No, we're serious here. You don't paint a whole community with a broad brush. The President of the United States didn't incite a damn thing, Bill Barr. People, many, don't like what he said because he was going on about the election and so forth. Well, who cares if you like it or not? Did the President call out the military? No. Did he do any of those things? No. So they go to the people who hate Trump. They go to Mattis. They go to Kelly. They go to these people who've now resigned like three hours before the end of the administration to show how independent they are. Elaine Chow, I resign. Effective Monday. So offended. Well, why don't you resign this second? Oh, and it's a race thing. Oh, yeah. The Capitol Police would have shot people dead left and right if they had been black. Is that what happened throughout this country when Black Lives Matter was rioting? Is that what happens? Tell me, which Black Lives Matter activist did the cops shoot? Does anybody know one? How about Antifa? Does anybody know one? And this is coming from Joe Biden, who wants to unite us, ladies and gentlemen. He wants to unite us. More when I return. Mark Levin. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. 
That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free each month, and you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. No strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for all of us. And for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. see, ladies and gentlemen, we'll have unity in this country, apparently, if you surrender your principle, if you confess that you were wrong to support President Trump and vote for him, if you accept the lockdowns, if you accept the attack on the Jews in Brooklyn by the mayor, if you, if you accept what Cuomo did with the senior citizens, if you accept open borders and illegal immigration, if you accept radicals on the courts, if you accept packing the Supreme Court, packing the Senate, eliminating the Electoral College, accepting the unconstitutional changes in state election procedures, if you'll accept Joe Biden and Schumer and Pelosi, then we can have unity in this country. For you white people, if you'll accept the fact that you are interminably racist. And for you minorities, if you'll accept the fact that you're interminably dependent on the Democrat Party, we can have unity. It's a marvelous thing. We can have a one-party system. And look at the paradise we'll have with a one-party system. New York, California, Maryland. D.C., where people can't flee these states fast enough and come into red states, where they then vote Democrat and destroy those states, but that for another day. And so every single single Trumper out there, you're responsible for what happened in that Capitol building. Even though the president did not incite violence, not once did he tell people to rush that building or go to that building. He wasn't AOC. He wasn't Kamala Harris. He wasn't Talib. Not once. But now that's the story and they're sticking to it. I'll be right back. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. 
Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty. And they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free each month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. No strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for all of us. And for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. The media mad. Mark Levin, call in with your outrage. 877-381-3811. Let let me try this again because apparently some people are not hearing properly. Anybody who commits an act of violence should be punished. The so-called bail reform where the worst kind of criminals are let out on the streets is not bail reform at all. The election by Soros of prosecutors who won't prosecute, whether it's in L.A. or other cities, San Francisco, has created a great deal of mayhem and violence. When Black Lives Matter and Antifa committed act of violence, I denounced it. All of society should have denounced it. And when these people yesterday breached the Capitol building, everybody should have denounced it. And to the best I can tell, everybody has denounced it. Certainly everybody I know in conservative radio and conservatives on television, that's what we mean by law and order. It's one thing to say, as some have said, that the president wasn't forceful enough or quick enough in denouncing it. It's another thing to say he incited it. I don't go along with the mob. I don't go along with the crowd. I don't believe in conformity and uniformity. I believe in thinking for yourself. And so people sometimes have difficulty categorizing me. You're defending Trump? I defend the truth and the facts. If he can show me specifically where he incited violence against Congress, I want to see it. You don't have it. Now, what is it that Chuck Schumer is inciting today? Or Nancy Pelosi or Adam Kinzinger? Or Senator Coons or Larry Hogan? Joe Biden, the things he's saying today. Are they inciting violence? Are they bringing the country together? Well, if that's what they want to do, they ought to do it. Donald Trump is gone in 13 days. 13 days. Biden will be in office, presumably, for four years. The Democrats now control Congress. So why are they worried about the 25th Amendment and impeachment, which is not going to happen? Why are they saying whites are treated differently when they commit act of violence than other people why are they racializing this is this how you unite the country 
I call it as I see it. I'm all for uniting the country. I'm all for it. But you can't watch news on CNN and MSNBC and barely any other cable program and not be appalled by the way this is covered. When the Portland Federal Courthouse was under attack 100 nights in a row, Nancy Pelosi referred to federal law enforcement akin to stormtroopers and Clyburn. Well, you know, Mark, uh, Trump didn't come out. Trump came out faster and more effectively than Biden did during any of these events. But look, I'm not going to play this game. I'm not going to play this game. When people commit acts of violence, they need to be punished. I don't care what party they are. I don't care what ideology they are. I don't care who they are. Period. Law and order. That's where I am. I also believe in the Constitution. What took place in Pennsylvania and Michigan and Wisconsin and Georgia, I've talked about this many, many times, and you know what's funny? There hasn't been an effective response yet. When the Republican state legislatures were supplanted in violation of Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2 of the Constitution by governors and secretaries of states and even state courts. That was unconstitutional. Now, Rand Paul was on television the other day. He's an earnest man, as I said. And he said, we've got to work with these state legislatures to change their laws. I don't have a problem with that. But how does that fix anything? If the governor or the Secretary of State, or the Supreme Court of the state, is able to change the law, the election law, that the state legislature has passed and put in place. And they're able to do it in defiance of the federal constitution. How do you fix that? As an example, let's say the state legislature of Pennsylvania says, all right, look. No more mail-in voting unless there's a, a specific reason for it. Somebody is handicapped or they're sick or they're overseas or what have you. Absentee ballots and they can mail them in and we need certain kinds of identification. When you vote, we need identification. We want the vast majority of people to vote in person because there's checks there and on and on. Let's say a legislature passes that. Let's say it's the Pennsylvania Republican legislature. They pass that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, what stops the state Supreme Court from doing exactly what it did? Rewriting the election laws. And this is the conundrum. This is the problem. This is what has so many people frustrated. What do we do about that? The failure by the U.S. Supreme Court to uphold its end of the bargain The failure of the United States Supreme Court to enforce Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2, has led to many of these problems. Many. And now the cat's out of the bag. How do we fix it? Problem is the Democrats don't want to fix it. They're the ones that brought over 300 lawsuits 
after the 2016 election. They're the ones that said, we've got to get around these Republican legislatures. And they did. They went to Democrat governors, Democrat secretaries of state, Democrat election boards, and Democrat elected Supreme Courts. And they changed it. Now, the fact that a couple senators took note means that they should resign from office? Or in the case of Josh Hawley, lose a book deal with Simon & Schuster? They should be canceled altogether? It's really quite shocking. 74, 75 million people voted for Donald Trump, and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer think we should use the 25th Amendment or impeachment when they know he won't be removed from impeachment and they know the 25th Amendment doesn't even apply? So what are they doing other than upsetting people who don't agree with them? What is Kingsinger doing, a never-Trumper, other than upsetting people who don't agree with him? Larry Hogan, a never-Trumper, the governor of Maryland, same thing. They know it won't work. They know they can't do it. So why are they bringing it up? You want to unite the country? Then unite the country. You have a Democrat just elected a freshman from St. Louis. Her name is Cori Bush, and she's demanding that every single Republican be removed from office. Every single Republican. Is that rational? Does that unite the country? Every single Republican? Joe Scarborough calls for the arrest, the arrest of Rudy Giuliani, Donald Trump Jr., and Donald Trump. The arrest? Based on what? Is this kind of language, this kind of talk, going to unite the country? Unbelievable, in my view. And the media stoking the flames at the New York Times and the Washington Post. The media stoking the flames at CNN and MSNBC and elsewhere. Why? The violence that took place yesterday at the Capitol building should have awakened people. And Schumer's announced that he's still going to pack the Supreme Court. He's still going to pack the Senate with Democrats. They still want to take out the Electoral College, which, of course, they defended all last night. But they still don't want it. And get rid of the filibuster rule so any law they want can get passed. Is that going to unite the country? No, it's not going to unite anybody. I think you're going to see more recriminations. I think you're going to see more clamping down on free speech. I, see, I think you're going to see more uh, conformity on college campuses and universities where people with different views are not going to be able to express them. And absolutely the wrong lessons were learned from this. That's what I think you're going to see. And all these people, 
I mean, you have to admit, Trump got 74 million votes, more than any other incumbent president. They're not going anywhere. So to keep trashing them, keep denouncing them, keep dismissing them, keep pushing them around, it's not going to go well. I warned about something like this, not the Capitol, obviously, that things would get ugly months ago. Months ago. So, take the foot off the gas pedal. You Democrats control all aspects of the elected part of our federal government now. Take the foot off the gas pedal. It's one thing to promote your policies within the four walls of the constitutional system. It's quite another to have policies that have as their purpose to destroy the walls of the constitutional system. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free each month, and you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. No strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for all of us. And for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Let's unite around this concept, ladies and gentlemen. We continue to condemn what took place at the Capitol building. I didn't need any prodding to do that. I'm an individual with the principles and morals. But then why can't Jeremy Barr of the Washington Post, why can't he... Why can't Jeremy W. Peters of the New York Times also condemn the rioters and the violence of Black Lives Matter and Antifa? In other words, I believe in treating people equally. I don't care if they're wearing Trump shirts or not, or Antifa with their black garb or whomever it is. But we can't even agree on that. Because the media, Jeremy W. Peters and Jeremy Barr, New York Times, Washington Post, respectively, they don't believe in that. They believe the BLM and the Antifa cause are a righteous cause. Therefore, the ends justify the means. That's what the media believe in this country. 
But the ends don't justify the means. And so condemn them all. But here's the problem, Mr. Producer. They're not going to condemn Black Lives Matter because they endorsed Biden. In the case of Antifa, they've been pretending for at least a decade that Antifa doesn't even exist. Because they come from the hard left. And you have professional sports, you have corporates, corporations embracing Black Lives Matter. And I think in part it's due to its title. Because we all know Black Lives Matter. All lives matter. But if you say, I don't support Black Lives Matter, you sound like a nut. But that's the problem. But they've told us who they are. They're also an anti-Semitic group that believe, belongs, uh, excuse me, believes in the BDS movement. They've now yanked that off their website. They yanked off their website uh, the, uh, their opposition to actually the family. Now why? Because if you look at Marx's ten principles in the Communist Manifesto, he wants to eliminate the family. Why does he want to eliminate the family? Why did Mao want to eliminate the family? Why do they want to eliminate faith? Because they want people reliant on the party, the Communist Party and the government. The founders of Black Lives Matter have told us they're indoctrinated into the Marxist ideology. Why don't we believe them? And yet we have fabulously wealthy athletes, fabulously wealthy executives in courtrooms who contribute to that organization. You can believe in equality, justice, and civil rights without supporting Black Lives Matter. Now we have Black Lives Matter Boulevard and so forth. The same mayor of New York who painted a Black Lives Matter street directed law enforcement to go into Brooklyn, New York and round up Hasidic Jews because they were exercising their First Amendment right, their religious right. They insisted on going to funerals. They insisted on going to weddings. Yet if you rioted in the streets, the cops were told to stand down. If you wanted to go to a funeral, or you wanted to to celebrate Rosh Hashanah, you were told, no, you must not and you cannot. Were all the concerns of outrage there? None, almost none. No, we got to hate Trump. That's the focus. That's it. Case closed. Now, I call him as I see him. It's that simple. Of course I want unity in this country. Does Chuck Schumer want unity in this country? Chuck Schumer's been around for decades. Donald Trump will be leaving soon. And Chuck Schumer hopes to be around for decades more. Pelosi's been around for decades. And look how they're talking today. Look what they want to do. Do they sound like they've learned anything from yesterday? Are you kidding me? They're doubling down. They're tripling down. They're quadrupling down. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. 
is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, Josh Hawley has responded to what Simon & Schuster did to him. You know, I remember the days when publishing companies, whether it's magazines or newspapers or books, uh, were at the vanguard of defending the First Amendment. I remember those days. Those days are over. Those days are over. They're over when it comes to the press. They're over when it comes to the media. Keep in mind, Simon & Schuster is owned by a major conglomerate. Um, And uh, Josh Hawley has responded. He's being targeted now. He's being targeted because he's taken on big tech, Facebook, and Twitter among them. He's taken on big media. And he dared to raise serious questions about what took place in some of these states in November. And so now he needs to be tarnished. He needs to be destroyed. And so that's what's going on. I wasn't even that much of a Josh Hawley fan, but I've become quite a fan of his now because I see that the guy is a backbone. He's not a Romney. So this is what he said in a statement responding to what Simon & Schuster did. Apparently violated their contract. He said, this could not be more Orwellian. Simon & Schuster is canceling my contract because I was representing my constituents. Leading a debate on the Senate floor on voter integrity, which they've now decided to redefine as sedition. Let me be clear, this is not just a contract dispute. It's a direct assault on the First Amendment. Only approved speech can now be published. This is the left looking to cancel everyone they don't approve of. I will fight this cancel culture with everything I have. We'll see you in court. Remember what they did to Tom Cotton over there at the New York Times? They published his op-ed. Then they got pushback from the left, including people who work for the New York Times. Then they apologized. Then they denounced Tom Cotton. Then they fired the editor of the op-ed page. Again, I I can remember, maybe I'm an old-timer, a case that went all the way to the Supreme Court called the Skokie case, First Amendment case, where... Neo-Nazis wanted to march through a Jewish neighborhood in Skokie, Illinois. And they couldn't get the, the approval to do it. The case went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. And the Neo-Nazis won. And they could march. And the argument was, look, it's easy to defend speech that we agree with. It's difficult to defend speech that we don't agree with. So that used to be the standard. Now what's happening is conservatives, you know, not even conservatives, 
people who don't toe the line, people who do not fall in line with the radical progressive movement, they can lose their jobs. We've seen this with professors. And now we have publishers that, again, are supposed to be at the vanguard of defending the First Amendment, buckling. We saw this happen at the Washington Post. We've seen it happen at the New York Times. Same thing. Same thing. So we don't have real free speech in this country. We don't have a real free press in this country. And I can tell and I fear it's going to get much, much worse. Because you have agitators like Cory Bush, just elected to the House, literally just sworn in on MSNBC today. And here's the kind of inflammatory rhetoric she pushes out on MSNBC, which is a corporate-owned media outlet. Cut 11, go. We would have been shot. We would have been tear gassed. We would rubber bullets. That would have happened before we made it there. We need to call it what it is. It's white supremacy. It was white supremacy. So it was white supremacy on Capitol Hill yesterday. It was white supremacy. Unbelievable. Black Lives Matter has committed a lot of violence in this country, particularly over the summer. And I don't remember people just shooting people down. I don't remember that. Maybe I missed it. That is law enforcement shooting people. Go ahead. It was the call of our president, and it was encouraged by our Republican colleagues. So her Republican colleagues, she's been there for 14 minutes. Her Republican colleagues encouraged an insurrection against the Capitol building. How come nobody calls her out for being inflammatory? How about nobody, nobody calls for her resignation? Instead, she's given voice. She's given a platform on MSNBC. Go ahead. Every single one of them, especially because they have been the ones trying to steal this election. That's why we are calling for them to be removed. They should not be seated. Every single Republican should not be seated. Has a single Republican said every single Democrat should not be seated? So in three incoherent sentences, she gets in white supremacy. Republicans should be, should not be seated. Unbelievable. Then we have Joe Scarborough. Now Joe Scarborough, I would say, incites a lot of anger. That's why he's there. He's not intelligent. He's barely literate. And so he insists that the president, Rudy Giuliani, and Donald Trump Jr. should be arrested. Now, that would be a unifying thing. What do you think half the country would say about that? But Joe insists on it because his viewers want to hear it. Now, I insist on everybody who's committed violence should be rounded up and punished. But I've been saying that till I'm blue in the face. Cut 15, go. I also want to know, are we a nation of laws? Are we a nation of one man? Donald J. Trump called for the insurrection against the United States. Donald Trump called for an insurrection against the United States? I dare anybody to prove that. 
Now, will Jeremy W. Peters write a piece about what's being said at MSNBC and CNN? No, he won't. Those are his buddies. How about Jeremy Barr over at the Washington Post? No, he won't. He won't do it. Because they agree with Joe Scarborough, even though he is insane. They agree with it. That's not their job. Go ahead. He called for it. Rudy Giuliani called for combat justice just an hour or two before this happened. Donald Trump. Let me tell you what's going on here, the mindset here. Because if you study history, particularly if you study totalitarian regimes, you understand what's going on here, and it's very frightening. It's not enough that Trump will be gone in 13 days. It's not enough that the Democrats will hold the White House and now the Senate and the House of Representatives. It's not enough that they control the media and big tech. These people who held power and their family members should be arrested and thrown in prison. Their lives should be destroyed. Their jobs should be eliminated. They should be prosecuted. They should be chased to the end of the earth. Now, one man who believed in that was Joseph Stalin. He would track down people he thought deserved to be punished and punish them. Again, people talk about unity. People talk about we don't want any more violence. And yet, if we did what Joe Scarborough says, if we did what this Cory Bush says, is that what would happen? Would that be the reaction? This is insanity. And then there's Michael Steele. And he's on the Morning Joe show. See, if we had a real policing system for the media, a real policing system for the media, there's no way either of these men would be on television. But they don't self-police. And as I said at the beginning of this program, they have learned nothing. They just keep shoveling the coal into the fire, shoveling it, shoveling, and it's getting where they're shoveling faster and faster. Cut 16, go. But what's more galling for me as a Republican... No, he's a Republican. Michael Steele's a Republican. Did you know that? He's a Republican. And galling to him as a Republican. Go ahead. That inciting and and egging on was manifest in the words uh, and actions of members of my own party. And actions of members of your own party. Which actions? Well, Michael Steele, invite Michael Steele on the program. He used to come on when he wanted support when he was running for office, Mr. Producer. Would you invite him on the program? Just tell him, I want to ask him about his comments here. Go ahead. We should show that list every day. And we should remind the American people um, that these are the individuals who call So he wants a list. He's not the first. He's the hundredth to say it. He wants a list of the Republicans, Trump administration officials, people in the media. And we should have that list and we should show it to America all the time. And we should make sure these people have a scarlet letter on their forehead. We should make sure they don't get jobs. We should make sure that they, they have book deals. The book deals should be canceled. Again, this is what they do in totalitarian regimes. 
And here they are saying it on television, national television. Nobody's sending them emails telling them, now's your time. Now's your time to show unity, to help bring the country together. Because that's not the business model over there at MSNBC. That's not the business model on CNN. And most newsrooms in this country are just intellectually corrupt. It's that simple. I'll be right back. Did you know your family can save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk from Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile? Think about it. What could your family do with an extra $800? You don't even have to sacrifice coverage. Pure Talk has exactly the same coverage, same bars as one of the big carriers, but they charge you half. You definitely don't have to sacrifice customer service. Their team is based right here in the U.S. and are some of the nicest people you'll ever talk to. So don't wait anymore. Get unlimited talk, text, and two gigs of data for just 20 bucks a month. And if you go over on data usage, they don't charge you for it. No, not even a penny. So go to puretalkusa.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll also save 50% off your first month. Folks, this is the best. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Well, Mr. Producer, while I struggle to bring up the phone list, do we have a particular individual to whom I shall speak? Nick, in the great state of Florida, XM Satellite. How are you, Nick? I'm doing excellent, Mark. Thank you for taking my call. I was, uh, was at the Save America rally and listened to the whole thing with my family. Did you storm, the, uh, did you storm the Capitol building? No, never went inside of it, but um, not one word was uh, said in that to uh, incite violence. All I thought we were doing was going to march down to the Capitol and put pressure uh, on the Republican senators and congressmen uh, that make them know that we were watching them, uh, hold them accountable. And when we got there, just uh, to report this to you, and we went straight there. It was a surreal event. As we arrived... Uh, people with bullhorns were yelling, and then other people were coming back into the crowd and telling the crowd, hey, we've breached the Capitol, trying to excite the crowd. And that did work on some of the young people that uh, went in um, and, uh, you know, went into the Capitol. So you had some criminal there. hotheads there. Yeah, you had a few hotheads. But about how many people would you say had been there that day? Half a million? 300,000? Well, I, I'm not great with crowds, but it was all the way from the um, from the White House, right inside that park, all the way past the National Monument, and at least a quarter I, I of a mile. I hope people understand how massive that is. And what's interesting, you know, is we don't have a head count. I haven't seen a head count yet. Why is that? I, I, I because no if idea. we saw a head count, we would know that the percentage of people who were violent was relatively small. And the percentage of people who were peaceful was relatively massive. Not only that, Mark. You were there. Am I right or wrong? For example, I was there. And let me tell you, one guy threw, a, threw something and the crowd jumped all over him and said, we don't do that. Knock it off. They did. I watched that. And I watched people praying with police officers, talking to them, uh, all kinds of stuff. And 
99.9% of people were very, very peaceful. So if that's a million what, people... What do you make of the fact, and this is weird to me, that some of the people who breached the Capitol building, if you look at the, the, the video, some of them had helmets, some of them had gas masks, some of them had backpacks, they were pulling hammers out and weapons out. I mean, that's just not typical for a Trump rally. It's, it's not. And one thing I noticed while we were at the rally, I didn't think anything about it while it happened. But while Trump was still speaking, a few people left. You could just watch them and leave. And I didn't think anything about it. But when we got there, and we went straight there, Mark. Uh, they were already in. Already in. Do you think we, these were people who were part of either a right-wing or left-wing radical group? They definitely weren't the normal people at a Trump rally. Not, I mean, people were upset that the election was stolen, Mark, but nobody was talking about violence. No one. And then all of a sudden uh, we arrive, and it was just like it was crazy. So it was well planned out, whatever it was. I can't really. The Democrats have spent four years saying the election was stolen in 2016. They came up with the, the Russia collusion absolute fabrication. Uh, they chased that for years. They investigated it for years. How come they won't investigate this election? Because they don't want to know what really happened. You're damn right. You're damn right. If they spent as much time, as much money, and used as many committees trying to determine what happened in this past election, they wouldn't like the result. Now, I'm not one of these that chased down every fraudulent ballot. I'm one of these that talks about the Constitution. And more and more my argument you hear being made by serious people on television, serious politicians, which is the rules were changed in some of these states. The rules were changed in some of these states. Whether there was a fraudulent ballot or not, let's put that aside. The rules were changed in some of these states in violation of the federal Constitution. You just can't do that. And one more thing, if you'd let me, Mark. Well, when Trump gave his speech, some people don't like the fact that he outlined um, all of the different uh, irregularities in the election. But many people didn't know them. They didn't know that list. And he well, went. that's that's what they're now trying to say incited people. Because when the president of the United States wouldn't accept the results and was starting to talk about the, the these various uh, uh, fraud allegations and so forth and so on, Washington didn't like that. But let me ask you something. Again, I want the objective truth from you. You were standing there. Did he? Did, when he was finished, did, it, did you feel like you needed to run to the Capitol building and burn it down? No, honestly, I want to say that no. I, that's why when we arrived at the building, I was in shock and so was everyone else. No, it was just literally to walk over to the building and to let the, the uh, Republicans, the rhinos, know, hey, we're going to watch what you do. We don't expect that you're necessarily going to win. And what do you think of being called part of this violent mob now? You're being called part of a violent mob. It's extremely disheartening because it's completely fiction. And the media is incredible at that. They're incredible at turning down the volume if something's that they don't want to hear. All right, Nick, got to go from St. Augustine, Florida. That's Nick. I'll be right back. Says it better than Mark Levin. I'll go with what Mark Levin said, because nobody could say it better. Call in now at 877-381-3811. 
you know, it sickens me, it sickens me to have to tell you this. Reuters, a U.S. Capitol Police officer has died following the storming of the Capitol by supporters of President Donald Trump, CNN said on Thursday. Now look, the police officer died because these thugs broke into that Capitol building and somebody harmed him and resulting in his death. CNN offered no further details. That's just awful. That's just absolutely awful. And you heard Nick, who called from St. Augustine, Florida, who went to the event, when they went up to the Capitol building, the, the, ma- the massive number of people, and they saw what was taking place, he said they were absolutely shocked. You know, with hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people there, why haven't they been interviewed, many of them? Don't you agree, Mr. Producer? Why isn't there a story by Jeremy W. Peters or Jeremy Barr of the New York Times and the Washington Post? Why are you doing stories on me and other hosts? Go find out what took place. We don't get real reporting anyway. Go find out what took place. Talk to people who were there. And I think you'll find, like the gentleman who called into this program, (laughs) he said, it was a massive group of No, we weren't incited to do anything. And when we got there, we were shocked what was happening to the Capitol building. Now, that's what you would expect. Shock. And disgust. I hate to see this with this police officer. I really do. I cannot find my my list, Mr. Producer. You'll have to resend that. Yes, no, maybe. Okay. The President of the United States was suspended from Twitter for the last 12 months. Is that right, Rich? At 12 uh, hours? And uh, upon the lifting of the suspension, uh, a uh, audio, I guess, or video of him saying the following was released. If you have it, go ahead and play it. I would like to begin by addressing the heinous attack on the United States Capitol. Like all Americans, I am outraged by the violence, lawlessness, and mayhem. I immediately deployed the National Guard and federal law enforcement to secure the building and expel the intruders. America is and must always be a nation of law and order. The demonstrators who infiltrated the Capitol have defiled the seat of American democracy. To those who engage in the acts of violence and destruction, you do not represent our country. And to those who broke the law, you will pay. We have just been through an intense election, and emotions are high. But now tempers must be cooled and calm restored. We must get on with the business of America. My campaign vigorously pursued every legal avenue to contest the election results. My only goal was to ensure the integrity of the vote. In so doing, I was fighting to defend American democracy. I continue to strongly believe that we must reform our election laws to verify the identity and eligibility of all voters and to ensure faith and confidence in all future elections. 
Now Congress has certified the results. A new administration will be inaugurated on January 20th. My focus now turns to ensuring a smooth, orderly, and seamless transition of power. This moment calls for healing and reconciliation. 2020 has been a challenging time for our people. A menacing pandemic has upended the lives of our citizens, isolated millions in their homes, damaged our economy, and claimed countless lives. Defeating this pandemic and rebuilding the greatest economy on Earth will require all of us working together. It will require a renewed emphasis on the civic values of patriotism, faith, charity, community, and family. We must revitalize the sacred bonds of love and loyalty that bind us together as one national family. To the citizens of our country, serving as your president has been the honor of my lifetime. And to all of my wonderful supporters, I know you are disappointed, but I also want you to know that our incredible journey is only just beginning. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless America. Okay. That was a unifying speech today, wasn't it, Mr. Producer? After Twitter lifted his 12-hour ban, that was released. And here's what Joe Biden said in part today. Cut six. Go. What we saw yesterday, in plain view, was another violation of the fundamental tenet of this nation. Not only do we see the failure to protect one of the three branches of our government, We also saw a clear failure to carry out equal justice. I'm sure if you used to say in the Senate, excuse a point of personal privilege. A little over an hour and a half after the chaos started, I got a text from my granddaughter, Finnegan Biden, who's a senior in her last semester at the University of Pennsylvania. She sent me a photo of military people in full military gear, scores of them lining the steps of the Lincoln Memorial because of protests by Black Lives Matter. She said, Pop, this isn't fair. No one can tell me that if had been a group of Black Lives Matter protesting yesterday, there wouldn't have been, they wouldn't have been treated very, very differently. Now, I want you to compare that with what he said today, Biden, with what the President of the United States said. This isn't very unifying, what he said. But his base in the media will be very pleased with it. The President's statement was unifying. Now, people say it's too late. It's never too late. It's never too late. But Biden, what he said today, is what you're hearing throughout the Democrat Party. And you're hearing on MSNBC and CNN. It's 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 the the identity politics, the never ending identity politics. We're talking about what took place on Capitol Hill. Now you're trying to unite the nation. One party's talking about impeachment, the 25th Amendment, that all Republicans should be thrown out of Congress, that the president, Rudy Giuliani, and his Don Jr. should be arrested. 
And now compare that with what the president said today. Just, just a thought. Um, I just want to reiterate how I know all the listeners here are very saddened to hear about the death of the Capitol Police officer. It's a terrible, terrible thing. It's a terrible thing. And uh, Joe Biden, you're defaming people you don't even know, including law enforcement, when you make a statement like the statement you made. I know you won't be criticized for it by anyone but me, but I heard what you said. It's time to honor law enforcement. It's time to stop attacking it. It's time to stop talking about defunding it. They need to be respected. And people who are violent, first and foremost, they're violent against the blue line. And they need to be punished. They need to be identified. We need to know who they are. And they need to be punished. I don't give a damn what shirt they're wearing, what hat they're wearing. And that's the bottom line. And I don't know who the name of the officer is. And if we ever find out, if we find out today or this evening, I should say, I will let you know. I'll be right back. in. Did you know your family can save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk from Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile? Think about it. What could your family do with an extra $800? You don't even have to sacrifice coverage. Pure Talk has exactly the same coverage, same bars as one of the big carriers, but they charge you half. You definitely don't have to sacrifice customer service. Their team is based right here in the U.S. and are some of the nicest people you'll ever talk to. So don't wait anymore. Get unlimited talk, text, and two gigs of data for just 20 bucks a month. And if you go over on data usage, they don't charge you for it. No, not even a penny. So go to puretalkusa.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll also save 50% off your first month. Folks, this is the best. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. All right, Mr. Producer, here we go again. i got to get two screens. That's what I need to do. All right, give me another wonderful caller. If, if somebody was at the event yesterday, that would even be better. But give me a wonderful caller. Matt, on the great WABC in New York. Go right ahead, Matt. How are you doing, Mark? Thanks okay. for having me, and thanks for uh, everything that you do. Thank you, Matt. I am a uh, Trump supporter. And I am uh, very upset about what happened in this election, and I think it needs to stop. I would urge all the other Trump supporters out there to contact your state legislators. Get your voting laws changed so that we can restore integrity in our elections. You know, the left has been messing around with us on this for too long. Well, I, I agree with you, and we're going to have to figure out, once those laws are changed, how to defend them, because they're going to go right back to the same courts and the same governors and st- secretaries of state to change them. But I, 
I want to encourage people to contact your state senators and your state representatives. And not only that, join the Convention of States. Join the Convention of States. This is something I have supported since I wrote the Liberty Amendments. There are positive ways that we can focus our energy to have true impact on this society. There are 14 states that already approved the Convention of States. We need 20 more, and we've barely even, we've barely even given, given it the kind of push that it needs. And so I would encourage you, yes, contact your state representative and your state senator. You may not even know who it is. Go ahead and Google and find out and insist. You want voter ID. You want in-person voting. You only want absentee voting under certain uh, uh, limited conditions. You want to eliminate these drop boxes and eliminate mail-in voting. Now, I know people in Pennsylvania are going to say, wait a minute, we didn't support any of that anyway. Our government did that. I get it. And it's going to take the Supreme Court, five justices doing their damn jobs for once and upholding the power of the legislature. Otherwise, this is going to continue. This is going to be a disaster every four years. The Democrat trial lawyers, they went into these states, over 300 lawsuits. They illegally, unconstitutionally changed these laws. That's the bottom line. That's what took place. Matt, good call. Thank you, my friend. Betty, Fort Pierce, Florida. Uh, uh, How are you listening to us, Betty? I've got you on my Mark Levin app. That's a great app, Mark Levin app. Thank you. Go right ahead, Betty. Mark Levin, I went up there yesterday. I was compelled to go. So you were at the rally. I saw amongst the big crowd yesterday day, through, uh, through the crowd comes these young guys on nice, fancy bikes. They had the best of equipment. And around their neck, they had the NIOSH uh, masks, because I know this is the kind we use for chemicals at work. And I'm saying to my friend, uh, what are they doing with those kind of masks? Uh, and so later on, uh, the, these guys are all dressed in black and gray, and they're on their bicycles with their little bicycle helmets and their different stuff. And um, later on, those were the guys that ended up up front, but... As I was making my way back to my uh, destination before the sun went down, they they own that town uh, at dusk and and at night. They come around on this best of bicycle and equipment with the nicest of clothes, with these baseball bats and these knives hanging, and somebody's funding them. It's a paid rent-a-mob. I I just wish, it's like like we can get to the bottom of this once and for all. And unfortunately, as long as the hometown newspaper in Washington is the Washington Post, and as long as the New York Times is a propaganda operation with Jeremy W. Peters and his ilk, we're never going to get to the bottom of this. Instead, a caller like you, they'll dismiss. People are wondering, who the hell is it that, that, that broke into the Capitol building? Maybe it's Trump supporters, maybe it's not, maybe it's both, but we want to know. And the fact that we want to know makes us like a conspiracy theorist or something. Not conspiracy theorists, let's get the facts. And let's punish all of them. The facial recognition cameras, you know everybody's always being surveilled. Well, I don't know all the details of the technology, I must confess. All right, thank you. Appreciate your call. Let's see here. Uh, Let's see here. I don't like any of these calls, Mr. Producer. Uh, Mr. Callscreen, I'll be perfectly honest with you. No offense. Uh, I want to remind you of what uh, Chris Cuomo said, cut 17, back in June 2020. Go ahead. Now, too many see the protest as the problem. No, the problem is what forced your fellow citizens to take to the streets. Persistent, 
and poisonous inequities and injustice. And please, show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. See, this is the thing. I insist that protesters be polite and peaceful. Chris Cuomo does not. He insists that certain protesters be polite and peaceful, and other protesters can have their way. That's the implication there. Did he incite riots? Did he incite an insurrection? Because if he did, the whole damn media has all summer long. Let's be honest with it. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Let's see here. Fox News, Michelle Obama calls on big tech giants to permanently ban Donald Trump. I'm telling you, in the good old days, people fought for free speech. Fought for free speech. I mean, this is really shocking that a former first lady would insist that these tech companies ban Donald Trump for life. Former First Lady Michelle Obama condemned what she said was President Trump's role in kindling the dangerous and violent protests in D.C. Look, whether I come under attack from friend or foe or family alike, he didn't kindle what took place at the Capitol building. This is what's going to be the persistent story for the rest of time. Just like Charlottesville. He did not tell people to do anything violent. In fact, he told them to act peacefully. Mark, why are you defending Trump? I'm telling the truth. And the truth shall set you free. Obama characterized the pro-Trump protesters as a gang. See what I mean? Hundreds of thousands of people there, and they're a gang. Black Lives Matter is not a gang. Antifa is not a, black, a gang. But Trump protesters are a gang. Hundreds of thousands of them are a gang. This is what I'm talking about. Who laid siege to the U.S. Capitol, adding that social media giants needed to take action to prevent this type of behavior. Why isn't Michelle Obama more careful with her words? Why isn't she promoting unity? Why aren't all these Democrats more careful with their words? And all these media types, why aren't they more careful with their words? Why are they attacking everybody? 
And it's, it's not just on one or two cable channels, and it's not just to, in a few newspapers. It's happening all the time. It's just constant. We've got into this being white supremacy, that everybody's part of a mob, and now Michelle Obama, they're all gangsters. Really quite appalling. And it happens to be false. In other words, a lie. I want you to listen to Representative Adam Kingsinger. He's a backbencher. He's from Illinois. He was originally elected as a Tea Party candidate that lasted about 12 months. He quickly shifted to Rhinoville as a status in Washington, D.C. He did not vote for Trump in 2016. He has condemned him every step of the way. He feels very self-righteous today. Quote-unquote, the I told you so type. And here he is, putting out a video, and I'm only playing it for you because it's all over the damn place. Cut three, go. Sadly, yesterday, it became evident that not only has the president abdicated his duty to protect the American people and the people's house. How did he abdicate his duty to protect the American people and the people's house? He's not in charge of the Capitol Police Force. When they were asked about the National Guard. He authorized the use of the National Guard. The FBI was sent in there. The Secret Service was sent in there. What is he talking about? Go ahead. And inflamed passions that only gave fuel to the insurrection that we saw here. So he inflamed passions that gave fuel to the insurrection. We just had a caller here that said he listened to every word. He was part of the hundreds of thousands who were there on the mall and that his passions were not inflamed. That his passions were not inflamed and that the vast majority of people, 99.9%, I believe he said, didn't he, Mr. Producer? Were not involved in this. And when they went to Capitol Hill, they were absolutely shocked at what they saw. I, again, I ask you, people came with ropes? Did you see that? They were, they, were, they were climbing the wall with ropes. They came with hammers, conveniently, to break the windows. Some of them had literally helmets and gas masks. And there's an absolute lack of curiosity. I'm curious, who are these people? They are who they are. Mark, you're trying to deflect. I'm not trying to do anything. Why aren't the media getting to the bottom of all this? If they were Donald Trump's cousins, let's find out. If they were other people, let's find out. But in any case, they should all be punished, punished, punished. See, I'm consistent. Jeremy W. Peters is not. He's a fraud. Jeremy Bear or Barr is not. They want to report on me. Why don't they report on what took place? Go ahead. This is Adam Kingsinger. Impressed to move and denounce the violence, he barely did so, while of course victimizing himself and seeming to give a wink and a nod to those doing it. Okay, so this is a thing the guy puts out this morning, and he's just lashing out. And as I listen to this, and let's listen to the rest of it, I noticed something. Go ahead. All indications are that the president has become unmoored, not just from his duty. Or even his own, but from reality itself. What, what indications? What do you mean all indications? Go ahead. 
It is for this reason that I call for the Vice President and members of the Cabinet to ensure the next few weeks are safe for the American people. So in other words, the President of the United States is a danger to the nation. He must be removed immediately. Adam Kingsinger has no idea what the 25th Amendment is. He'll cite it because he's heard it cited before. It's certainly not to be used in instances where he is upset with the President of the United States. He has no information that the President is mentally unstable. None whatsoever. None. He just asserts it. But he's been asserting that for a long time. Go ahead. Captain of the ship. Section 4 of the 25th Amendment allows a majority of the cabinet and the vice president to assume the duties of the office of presidency until the president is able to himself. It's time to invoke the 25th Amendment. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you. The great Adam Kingsinger, the Mitt Romney of the House of Representatives. Mr. Unity. So no problem with the elections. He's very angry at those who would dare to challenge them. This guy's just filling a seat. That's all he's doing. He's just filling a seat. And I would argue he's doing more to fuel the flames of disunity in this country, and he's been doing it for four years, actually ten years, since he's been in the House. And if you call him on it, he points to his military record. I'm not talking about his military record. I'm talking about his rather pathetic record as a member of the House. He has created a lot of inflammatory rhetoric, of uh, uh, provocation with his rhetoric, and he's still at it. And he's still at it. The president isn't a threat to the country. He's not going to do anything to harm the country. And it's time these politicians put aside their personal peak. These never-Trumpers have been a disaster. The Democrat Party has done grave damage to this country over the last four years. They've done grave damage to our electoral system. These are the facts. They don't change because of what happened last night or yesterday. Now they want to gut the Constitution by gutting the Supreme Court and all the other issues that we've discussed before. I certainly hope that Jeremy W. Peters and Jeremy Barr and Adam Kingsinger and the others are going to be as vocal when Chuck Schumer does what he says he's going to do with a 50-50 Senate, and that is destroy separation of powers, the independence of the judiciary, our voting system, stack the Senate with more Democrats, and change our nation forever. He doesn't find any threat in that. He doesn't talk about Schumer being a kook, or that Schumer should be expelled from the Senate. No, 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 no. And yet it's very dangerous to our society, very dangerous to our constitutional order. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. 
More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. The reason why the New York Slimes and Jeremy W. Peters and the Washington Compost and Jeremy Barn, they're not alone, of course, write the things they do is because they do not want us to focus on the coverage by the New York Times and the Washington Post of the riots that preceded the breach of the Capitol building. Hypocrisy is perfectly legitimate if you're a person of the left because the ends justify the means. I'm not a person of the left. You and I are people of principle. The founding principles. And that's part of the problem with the left. They are not. All right, let's see here. Uh, Let us go to Ken, Los Angeles, California. The great KRLA 870. Go. Yes, sir. This is Ken Smith, and I'm happy to be on. Guess your first name in the future, sir. Go right ahead. Sorry about that. We flew in uh, Tuesday, a plane full of folks from Los Angeles, and got there Wednesday about. 11.30 11.30 and hold, heard the entire speech. We were back near the monument. It was packed full of people clear up to the speaker's stand, and we had large video screens, friendly, tons of flags. When the speech was over at 1 o'clock, we, as others have said, we walked slowly down towards the Capitol. A lot of others were walking along Pennsylvania Avenue. And by the time we got there, we started hearing people say, oh, someone had been in the in the Capitol and someone was hurt that we couldn't have access because the phones were jammed. We couldn't get websites, right? We could get people sending us text messages. And there were Vietnamese protesting in favor of Trump, tons of Vietnamese flags, Chinese, uh, tons of Chinese protesting. All right. Well, let me ask you this question. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands. Is that right? I would, what I could see based on my being in large football stadiums, it was about 200,000 people. And I would say, yeah, 99. How, how did most of them behave? How did most of them I behave? I didn't see anybody misbehaving. I saw nobody misbehaving. I got clear down, eventually clear up to the Capitol, to the steps, where there probably were like 2,000 people left until it got dark. And then the Capitol Police came down. But we well, did you see the violence taking place in the Capitol? I, at the very end, unfortunately, I saw, and I say very end, around 4.30 at night in the afternoon, I saw some people still trying to get in the same windows that they got in 
which was facilitated, frankly, by the scaffolding that was built around the Capitol for the inauguration. So they would climb the staff, uh, the scaffolding. But my question to you is this. So you got up there pretty late when most of this was done, I guess. I first got there at about 1.30, and it was still going on, but it was far away. And you could see the commotion as people were going up the scaffolding. Will you wonder what the hell was going on? Well, we started hearing that people had gotten in, and there were a few excited faces. Oh, we'd gotten in the Capitol, we'd gotten in the Capitol, but that was a very, very small group. And frankly, nobody was rushing towards it. We just gradually got closer and closer, and only a few curious people, like myself, got closer and closer and closer. But we we never saw the actual breaching. But I did talk to two people that walked in the building, they said they walked in because it was so open. It was curious. They walked around. They were taking pictures. They simply walked in because the spearhead of the people that had broken in through these windows, primarily through the back where the scaffolding was for the inaugural, they had gotten in there and just created an open doors, and people were walking in for curiosity's sake. And I talked to one that was in there. Well, everybody wasn't there for curiosity's sake. No, absolutely not. The bad guys were in there. It got hectic, he told me. Uh, the Capitol Police were pushing people out. And the ones that were friendly, we walked out. And I hope the rest of them were arrested that were in there. But many, I know for a fact, and based on what he told me, just walked in and walked out. But it was chaotic in there. There's no doubt about it. All right, my friend. I appreciate your call. Damon. Reston, Virginia, the great WMAL. You were at the rally, too. Go right ahead, sir. Yes, Mr. Levin. Uh, it was a pleasure to speak with you. Um, I got down to the rally. I was all around the Capitol. There were all kinds of different riffraff that was there. I've been to many Trump rallies. I've never seen the eclectic group, if you will. There were definitely anarchists in the group. Um, I've been to a lot of the March for Life. I've been to tons of inaugurations. I'm a, a D.C. native. I'm you know, conservative, though. The ellipse was packed from 17th Street to 15th Street all the way up to the Washington Monument. Biggest crowd I've ever seen. For the March for Life, they have security there. You can only walk down Constitution Avenue. There were crowds going down the mall, actually on the mall, and, and tons of people. I mean, if I had to guess, I would say a million people somewhere around there. I think the other callers are a little long, wrong on the estimates. Um, I was up towards the front. I actually stopped because I've done this before for the March for Life. I was there with some friends of mine who came down from New Jersey, and we stopped at 3rd Street and Madison Drive. And that is right across from the reflecting pool. All right, what did you see? We're running out of time. Well, it was just, it was very chaotic. There were definitely anarchists there. 99% of the people were happy. It was a good crowd, but... There was riffraff, and the police were not prepared for it. And, and the riffraff, this is what you're, you're like. I'm getting this because I'm about 40 miles from Washington, off the air, on the air, that there were people there that didn't look like they should be there. And I'm not hearing this from the media. I'm not seeing any curiosity whatsoever. I'm not blaming this one or that one. I want to know more. Now, you heard the president speak, yes or no? Yes, I did. There and when you heard the other... president speak, did you hear him as giving you uh, orders to incite, to do damage, to be violent? No. And, and I was actually interviewed by a Canadian station, and I said, 
Trump goes away, this doesn't stop. Trump came because people were so upset with what's happening in America. Trump was elected because we were protesting what our current government is doing. It's not Trump. These are the American people who are upset with what's going on. That's why we're protesting. And according to several hosts on MSNBC and CNN, you're white supremacist. Are you a white supremacist? No, sir, I am not. Are you getting sick and tired of being called names like this? I am disgusted by it. Were you part of a violent mob? Did you do anything that was violent? I, I was not. As a matter of fact, I actually stopped people who were trying to cause a mess with my buddies. We said, we don't do that. That's not how we operate. Okay. I understand completely. All right, Damon. Thank you for your call, my friend. See, it's not that hard, New York Times or Washington Post or all the rest of you, to find out what's going on or what took place. Just, just take a little effort. Don't worry about me. Try and get some facts. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Mark Levin, making conservatism great again. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. You know, people send me all kinds of stuff on the Internet, comes over the transom, and I wonder if they ever think about the fact that if I use unverified information, what that does to this program, it undermines it. And so I don't use it. Anything that cannot be verified, I don't use. You think I'm the New York Times or the Washington Post? No. Anything that's anonymous, I don't use. All right, let's see if I can get back back to the uh, phone here. Wow, look at this. I just did it. Let's go to Connor. Grand Junction, Colorado, the great KNZZ. Connor, go right ahead, sir. Hey, Mark. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, me yes, and my sir. brother drove all the way to... Washington, D.C., and uh, for, for the rally from Colorado. Well, first of all, are and you white supremacist? No, sir, not at all. Well, you've been called this all day long, just so you know. Go right ahead. I, I, I realize that. I know. And they're, these, these people, I'm, we're, we're furious. But, um, but we, we went to stand for our country, to stand for our president. This was not anything racial. This was not a white supremacist group or movement at all. Uh, the president did not incite any kind of 
uh, violence at his speech. We saw his whole speech. We went straight to the Capitol right after that. And so when the president was uh, finished, did you feel like he was telling you to unleash an insurrection or burn down the Capitol or storm the doors or break the windows? Not at all. That, that, did he ever was, tell you to do any of those things? Not at all. Not at all. He, was, he, he wanted us to, to peacefully protest the, the fraud and, um, and the, the theft of this election, which is what we now, were Now, he there. was one speaker there. A lot of people were heading there regardless. Were you one of them? Yes. In fact, we didn't even know he was speaking until the night that we got there, Tuesday night. We had no idea he was going to speak. Okay. Go right ahead. So, but we, so we when you were there, the um, when did you find out that the Capitol building was breached, and what was your reaction? We didn't find out until probably around 2 o'clock, an hour after the president's speech, and, and we didn't really know exactly what was happening from the outside. We, we didn't get anywhere close to you know the, any of the entrances. Well, uh, what I'm hearing from you and the other two callers is that none of you were that close to the Capitol building until later when you started to appear and see what was taking place. Yeah, that's, that's correct. We, we saw the president's speech, and then we went straight up there. But something was already happening before we got there. There was already a crowd of people. There was already – it sounded like we, we could hear explosions, and we could see commotion at the Capitol before we even got so there. So what was your impulse? Let me join in, or let me, let me keep my distance from this? Well, as far as, as, far as the, the violence that happened at the Capitol? Yes, correct. You know, I, I don't. I didn't support or condone. I don't support or condone any of it. Um, I, I think. I think we were there to get loud, and we were there to make our presence known. But we were not there to uh, to commit acts of violence and crimes. All right, my friend. I appreciate your call. I want to go to Ben Dominich, who had a very, very uh, important piece. I thought at the Transom, editor of the Transom. Ben, how are you, sir? I'm good, Mark. It's uh, it's always good to have a chance to talk with you, and thank you so much for your compliment. Well, Ben, the, the, the piece is talking about, okay, this took place on Capitol Hill, and I want to tell you about this. And tell us a little bit about what you were explaining and writing in this piece. Well, I think what I was trying to explain, Mark, was uh, I felt like there was really an, an, a real absence of analysis from what was going on in terms of, of all of these people who drove across the country, who flew to try to make themselves heard. And I feel like we shouldn't miss this moment in terms of an expression of Americans' populist impulse, um, which is actually quite healthy. Uh, I think that you, know, you can have the unhealthy aspects of it that distract, uh, but I think that you also have to build up the people who really are desperate to have their voices heard, it's the same thing that happened, I think, in 2016 when so many people were dismissed. You know, I, I, I listened, I'm, uh, you may have heard this, Mark, to that expression from CNN's Anderson Cooper about mm -hmm. they'll go back to their Holiday Inns and their Olive Gardens. Oh, yeah. And they'll celebrate this. And, you know, I, I hear in that just the same kind of elitist, pompous dismissal that led us to this point as a country. And let's remember, he's part of the Vanderbilt talk. family. 
Yes. And it's like, I mean, come on. You know, oh, yes, you can look down on the Olive Garden with your Vanderbilt money. But guess what? There's a lot of people who, you know, are scrimping and saving in order to be able to even go there right now after all of the COVID lockdowns and everything else they've experienced. And, I mean, this is, look, this is a group of people who I think have been poorly led. We need leadership in this country. We need people who can direct our populist impulses in good directions, who can stop the identity politics impulses from taking over our politics. Uh, and, and we have far too few of them. But this is incumbent upon us as Americans to respect each other and to realize it's not like these people go back home and evaporate. They're still Americans. They're still your neighbors. You know, they're people who you may disagree with, but you share this country with them. And the attitude of our media and our political elite is just we should eradicate these people and pretend like they don't exist, pretend like their cares and worries are of no meaning, have no purpose. And we can get back to a political situation where we listen to the editorial page of The Wall Street Journal and The New York Times, and that's it. And I, I am not satisfied with America like that. I know you aren't, and I know your listeners aren't, and we should not be, because that is not what we are about. Pepin Dominich, I'm watching the media the day after the breach of the Capitol building, the day after they're talking about unity. It's worse than it was the day before with the media. It, 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 Absolutely. Now we have white supremacists, and if they had been Black Lives Matter, they would have been mowed down, and, uh, and the 25th is, Amendment, and impeach. I'm going, what the hell is going on here? Know, this is why you know that the unity talk is a bunch of BS, because Kamala Harris comes out and she says, oh, well, you know, if it was Black Lives Matter, they would have been shot in tear gas. Well, they were shot in tear gas. <laughs> so, I mean, look, Mark, I am opposed to iconoclasm. I hate it. I hate it. Whatever the motivation is. To me, there's no difference between the person taking a selfie on the Senate floor and the person who was climbing on top of the statue of Andrew Jackson. It's equally insulting to me. But it's also a situation where we have to recognize we need a solution to keep people from doing that, to keep people from feeling so desperate they need to do that. And the media elite when it comes to Black Lives Matter, when it comes to movements like that, they're happy to go and make those excuses for them and say, oh, but they have centuries and decades of, of you know, mistreatment uh, that they're expressing in these sessions. And then when it comes to the people who are waving flags outside of Capitol Hill, they say, well, they're just a bunch of Nazis. And to me, I just think that's something that we ought to reject as Americans. It's just it's fundamentally wrong. We ought to appreciate that many people have grievances. We ought to try to meet those grievances and find solutions for them that are based in freedom. And that's something that I think we ought to be able to unite about as opposed to warring with each other. But the media and this new Biden administration, they are going to increase the war. They are going to build up the conflict. They are going to cancel people. They are going to drive them from the public square. The cancellation of Josh Hawley's book is, is the perfect. Unbelievable. Irony. You know, Unbelievable. It's, it's, it's a book about corporate America crushing free speech, and this is them saying, we are not going to allow you to speak. We're going to pull this contract uh, because you were trying to speak for people in Missouri who believe they ought to have a voice against the, the terrible and, and unconstitutional, frankly, uh, things that they saw going on there. Here, and, here's part of the problem, Ben. 
the ideology of the left, these, this so-called progressive, I call it status, neo-Marxist ideology, is at complete odds with people who revere tradition, people who revere custom, people who revere our founding documents and our history. They're at complete odds. And what the Democrats are saying is, even Schumer now, how we're going to uh, change the court system, change the voting system, change the Senate, change it. It's 50-50 in the Senate. And they don't much care that there's another 50, you know, they're called Republicans in there. And as long as they're going to be increasingly radicalized, increasingly autocratic, I don't see how this ends well. We we didn't even see this level of uh, authoritarian attitude from the left when they had a, uh, a filibuster-proof majority when Obama took office. I mean, it's, it's even it's far more extreme than that. And look, we, as you know, I'm the publisher of The Federalist, and we have our team, and we go out there, and we, we cover these things, and we talk to people. And there's a story that one of our reporters had today, Emily Jashinsky, uh, about a, a group of people who were walking away from the protest. They were walking by the SEC building, this big glass monstrosity that's next to Union Station in D.C. And she heard this comment from one of the men there. He said, it feels like this is a video game and everyone has a role to play except for me. What do you think was meant by that? I just, I just think that there's, Mark, I hate to say this, I think that there's a huge group of Americans out there who feel like this country is leaving them behind, does not mm-hmm. care about them, wants to destroy them, wants them to go away, wants to, to see them crushed and destroyed as soon as possible. And it's sad to say this, Mark, I think that they're right. And I haven't always thought that. But in the past couple of years, I've come to believe it. And, you know, I used to think it was just the elites that thought that, you know, uh, working class conservatives were deplorable. Now, I think it's the vast majority of the American left. And that's not just an unhealthy sentiment. It's not just an American sentiment. It's one that could crush the foundations of our country because we have to be able to work this out. And so we the people who who control the instrumentalities of government, as you point out in your piece, they're going to become more aggressive and more authoritarian, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're going to come cracking down not just on politicians or on media figures. They're going to come cracking down on people across this country, people who are small business owners, you know, people who are, you know, just trying to, to make a buck here and there. They're going to come down on working class people. You know, I mean, the, the people who were in that crowd yesterday, if there's a picture of you wearing a red hat, waving a flag, no matter what you believe, no matter what you did, even if you stayed outside the Capitol and did nothing wrong, then they're going to come for you. They're going to try to crush you and they're going to use every mechanism at their disposal to do it. And they're going to feel morally justified in doing it. And that's something that is just anathema, you know. Uh, it's, it's, it's the complete opposite of what Abraham Lincoln urged us to do. We can't. And the media are playing, and the media are playing an aggressive role in this. They're, they're not just prodding the Democrat Party and these people. They're they're leading the role, as you, you point out. Anderson Cooper, he's one of a gaggle of these people who have the same mindset. Is he not? 
Of course he is. And and that's the thing that we need to understand about this moment. It's not just that the media, you know, <laughs> hates conservatism or hates an ideology or, or, or hates, you know, certain people who are politicians. They, they hate you for believing in them, for voting for them, for trusting in them or for wanting to advocate for them. And that's what we're going to see going forward. I mean, the thing that we need to be prepared for, Mark, is that the establishment politicians in Washington on the Republican side are going to want to go along with this. Oh, yeah. They're going to want to strip Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley of their committee memberships. They're going to want to undermine undermine Ron Johnson, find a primary challenge for him in the midterms. They're going to try to go after these people who tried to make this issue front and center. And I got to go. We have to be prepared for it. And I've got to have you back because you just defined... Mitch McConnell, as far as I'm concerned. Yes. <laughs> ben, you're doing a great job. Keep it up. And we, uh, we very much admire all that you and your folks are doing. God bless you. God bless you too, Mark. And we'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, And I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine, full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Don't forget my three social sites. They're all at Mark Levin Show, Rumble. At Mark Levin Show, Parlor. And for now, at Mark Levin Show, Twitter. Also, don't forget, you never know how long you're going to be behind a microphone on radio. But we always have our podcast. Don't forget, please download it. MarkLevinShow.com. Click on the audio rewind. It's the middle of the top homepage. That'll take you to the podcast page and then pick whatever the podcast platform you want. That's three clicks and you're in. So always have that in your back pocket just in case we're preempted or just in case I decide just to do podcasting one day. You never know. So we're still waiting for the media to condemn all the riots, burning, arson, mayhem, and death that occurred earlier this summer. Uh, We agree that breaching the Capitol building should always be condemned. And yet, ladies and gentlemen, I want to report to you that the Fox News Channel is reporting. Remember that I told you the Capitol Police officer died? Remember that, Mr. Producer? Remember that, America? Well, the Capitol Police said uh, none of our police died. They can't even get that right in the media. No Capitol policeman, at least not yet, has perished. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel... And we mean it when we say it. 
God bless each and one of you, and I'll see you tomorrow. Be well. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.